Welcome on in, everybody, to the only podcast that you should listen to, Sports Voice After Dark. I'm here to give the people what they want. Well, then fine! If that's what you want, then let's have it out right now! Our SPAD Athlete of the Year, Nick Kyrgios. Mate, there is music playing in the crowd while we are playing! So I've told you seven times! I mean, I do have to appreciate the fact that you showed up for this show with no working laptops and eating out of a box of leftover pizza. Are you ready? Life's too short to take the under. Sad <laughs> if it had a live audience, half the time would just get booed. Why is something called Joe Ingles making no, 14? No, don't you dare! Don't you dare with this slander! I'm really into this this <laughs> curling thing. Dude, Watch Big Sky was down yesterday. They had a lit game against Northern Colorado and I couldn't even watch, watch it. Watch Big Sky was down. You, you, something is wrong with you! Yes! Sir, it I'll doesn't tell make you any Draft your ideal NBA starting five based on 20 heroes that are slated to appear in the new Infinity War movie. I think that you have to find the LeBron James in this draft. I think clearly that is Black Panther. He's got the quickness, he's got the speed, you talk about that leadership. Thanks for watching my movies. Welcome on in, everybody, to a very special part one of two NBA preview on Sports Voice After Dark. The grind doesn't stop here. We, we got a mountain of prefs, a ton of staffers wanting to talk about the NBA, so we're splitting it up. This is the Eastern Conference preview. You can listen to the Western Conference preview. We'll have a link in the podcast, but I'm your host, Zach Wingrove. I'm joined by two new members who are chomping at the bit to talk about the Eastern Conference, Lucio Vinesman, Trey Reed. Guys, how are you doing? We're, I'm, I'm super excited for tip-off tonight. Um, let's, let's get into it. There's a lot to dive into. Can't wait. Yeah, Lucio's got his Celtics hat on now. He's ready. Feeling good about I mean, we'll, we'll We'll get into the Celtics. Yeah, we'll, well, I'm always feeling good about the Celtics. Obviously, Sports Voice After Dark, if you haven't listened before, we love to cover proverbial gambling odds. Of course, we don't recommend that you gamble. We would never do that, but we, we'll get into uh, some of our best bets. We'll go ahead with over-unders, starting with every team in the Eastern Conference. Let's just get right into the Boston Celtics because, Lucio, you got the hat on. Probably the favorite in the Eastern Conference, I would say. Looking at win totals, it's a no-brainer, but 58.5 over-under, how it's going to work. I'm going to say, what's the best-case scenario? I'll start with you, Lucio. Best-case scenario, Boston Celtics this year. What happens? Uh, Best-case scenario for the Boston Celtics is they win the championship. It's, it's pretty clear. Um, if you put, take that roster from last year that was a game away from going to the NBA Finals and add perennial all-stars like Kyrie Irving and a healthy Gordon Hayward, and that's a big if coming off an injury like that, but adding two all-stars to a team that already moves the ball around well, number one in defense, did have their issues offensively, but adding a player like Kyrie Irving is sure to solve that. So best case scenario is a championship. Obviously added Robert Williams in the draft, lost. The only real loss was Greg Monroe, it looks like, unless you want to talk about Shane Larkin, but getting Gordon Hayward back and Kyrie Irving, I would say also may not be an official transaction they made, but Trey, you want to push back at all? What's, what would be the worst case scenario for this Boston team? Like if their absolute season, season from hell, what would be the worst case scenario? Yeah, when you look at the Celtics and what their lineup's going to look like, it's hard not to be intimidated. But going back into last year, obviously they had some injuries, but a couple times they got they were very fortunate on a lot of those games. They led the league in comeback um, victories, if I'm not mistaken, for five minutes down. Um, so while I think the worst-case scenario would maybe be the three seed, it's hard to realistically see that happening. I agree. So 58 and a half, 
how are we feeling about that one? I, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll give my prediction. I'd say I'm thinking over. I'm definitely taking the over. If you look at each season, Brad Stevens has been there. The win total has increased each and every season. And this is the best roster he's had. In the past, Brad Stevens has had teams that have been called overachievers, um, teams that have done really well in the regular season and have struggled a little bit in the postseason. But last year, they succeeded in the postseason. And I have no doubts that the Celtics are going to eclipse 60 wins this season. I'm going to take the under, just personally. Uh, I think the East is more competitive this year, and I could see them. I still think they're uh, the favorites to win, and I have them uh, in the one seed, but I'm going to take the under. going to take the under. I mean, there is a lot of variables there when you look at adding Hayward back. Didn't play at all last year, but you also have Tatum, who looked great last year. Yeah. Like, there's a, that's a lot of alphas, a lot of good players that you have to manage. But if, if ever there was a guy to do it, Lucio, would you say it's Brad Stevens? Yeah, I mean, he definitely looks like the successor to Popovich as the best coach in the NBA. Um, probably not ready to put him above Popovich just because of his legacy and all the titles he's won. But when you have a team like that with so many guys who demand the ball, um, it becomes an issue of managing egos. But I don't think anyone on the Celtics roster really has that big of an ego when it pertains to sharing the ball. Um, Kyrie Irving became much more... I'd say comfortable as a playmaker last season and there is only one ball to go around but the Celtics do a great job of moving the ball around so I don't think there'd be an issue of giving their people giving their players shots yeah there's definitely a lot of mouths to feed but uh if anyone can do it Brad Stevens can organize that I agree what's your crunch time five with Boston we'll spend a little more time on them than maybe another team just because I think they are the favorite in the east crunch time five that's that's tough to say. They just released their starting lineup, which is going to be Kyrie, Jalen Brown, um, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and then Al Horford at the five. But as you saw last season and even in the postseason, Brad Stevens loves putting Marcus Smart in crunch time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to love having Marcus Smart in there in crunch time. Uh, when we saw the Houston Rockets travel to the Celtics last season, I don't know if you guys remember that great game. Great game, yeah. Yeah, Marcus Smart, he was the difference in that game. And... Even in the playoffs, in the first round against a Milwaukee team that had more talent than the Celtics, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart was the difference maker on the defensive end and the energy he brings. So uh, it'd be hard to it'd, it'd be hard to keep Marcus Smart on the bench in those situations. I just don't know who they take out. So that's that's the problem right there. Yeah. But if anyone can do it, I think Trey you hit the nail on the head. It's got to be Brad managing all those players. We'll move on. Um, I think we're just going to go alphabetical from here on out. I know I was just – I saw the Celtics hat. I thought we had to start with them. Yeah. We'll go slight slight drop-off, I would say, here, guys, from the Celtics to the Atlanta Hawks. Over under 23-and-a-half wins. <laughs> Trey, what's the best-case scenario for this Hawks team this year? Not finishing last in the NBA. That's just how, <laughs> how to put it. But, uh, yeah, again, I'm taking the under with these guys. I don't see I, – while I see, you know – the rebuild and where they're trying to go for the future, I don't think this year is going to be uh, anything resembling of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Trey said it perfectly. Not finishing last in the NBA would be the best-case scenario for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they have some decent pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, John Collins is definitely a stud. I think he's going to be a good player one day. And... You know, Trey Young gets a lot of flack for um, where he was picked um, in comparison to Luka Doncic, who is Doncic, my bad, um, who is lighting up preseason. But Trey Young has shown the ability to be an elite passer, and I think that gets overlooked a lot. 
But both of these guys are their projects, so it's going to take a couple of years for the Atlanta Hawks to get it in the total gear. So, And, yeah, you look at, I mean, some of those, obviously, Trey Young, fifth overall pick. Kevin Herter, number 19. You heard people making the Splash Bros East comparisons. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think in terms of if, if we're looking at, I mean, we could say worst-case scenario for the Hawks, but I think we all know the worst-case scenario is they have the worst record in the league. But how do you see Trey Young, Kevin Herter, as it, is that are those the go-to guys you think with this uh with this roster and just hope that you can kind of start to create like a golden state culture and just live and die by the three is that the best move you think trey yeah i uh i think that's i think they're in the middle of the rebuild and that's what they're going for ultimately down the uh, down the line i don't know enough about herter personally but i've only heard uh positive things about him and his uh shooting abilities but um yeah you know you could even make the comparison of Vince Carter being an older Iggy also if you're looking at the rebuild just didn't work out with uh the stars didn't align but yeah go ahead I mean I I honestly I I wouldn't overlook Torian Prince um last season um just from watching Celtics games uh he averaged like 33 points against the Celtics so Torian Prince is a good piece to build around he's a big wing one of the most ideal players uh, in the NBA right now is the 3 and D wing, and he fits that perfectly. So I think a core of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, um, Torian Prince, and John Collins could be promising one day, but this season is not that day. I'd agree with that. I think it's just best to let those guys make their mistakes, play them 30, 35 minutes a game, and Hopefully they develop over the season. But we're looking at 23 and a half wins as our over-under. You guys, they had 24 wins last year. They lost one of the best coaches in the league, who who knows you know, how many of those wins he can be responsible for. What do you guys think? 20, 23 and a half over-under. I'll start with you, Lucio. I'm going to go with the under. I, the interesting thing is I'm gonna th- I think they're going to be more exciting to watch just because they have young, promising players. But once again, they're young players that are projects, and they're not going to be able to close out games, the games that they happen to be close in the fourth quarter, which there will probably be a rare amount. But I'd definitely go with the under for the Atlanta Hawks. As well as I did, uh, 22 and 60 I had with the under. I think they had the worst record in the NBA. Yeah, I'm with you. I think worst, worst team in the NBA, even though they're in the Eastern Conference, they don't have to face as many of those powerhouse teams yeah. we uh game in and game out i don't know if it matters i'm i'll say under 23 and a half looking ahead slightly more excited i'm not sure slightly more exciting team not sure how much but the brooklyn nets we got uh they won 28 games last year 32 is their over under this year you look at what the nets did this off season just another they didn't, they didn't have a they lost their draft pick again this is the first year now they'll have their yeah. pick in three years Lucio, I'm sure you're a huge fan of the Brooklyn Nets being a being a Boston fan. So I'll I'll start with you. What do you like about this team and what do you think is the the best best case scenario? So I probably think I'm going to be the hottest on the Nets out of all of us. I have them actually slipping to the 8th seed. I have them on the over. I have them getting uh finishing with 38 wins. I just had like since that trade, which is probably one of the worst trades in recent mm-hmm pro sports history they've been doing everything right they've got the right coach um kenny atkinson they got the right gm sean marks they've been making the smart decisions drafting jared allen um 
drafting Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what goes what's underrated is their player development, which is I think is key to what's going to get them into the playoffs. If you look at Spencer Dimwitty, um, I think came second in most improved voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Allen, who's looked like a stud at the end of last season, I like the way they play. I don't think they have a lot of talent, but I think they have a good coach, a good system, and they play the right brand of basketball. Yeah, and uh, D'Lo having him back is going to help um, D'Angelo Russell. I'm not as hot on them personally, but I do think that they're in the middle of Actually, I think uh, they're on the back half of the rebuild. I think they've got some pretty good pieces where they are right now with, uh, as you mentioned, Allen and Levert as well as uh, Russell. But, um, again, not as hot as, uh, as, uh, as Lucio is. Yeah, and I guess breaking some news, we saw earlier today, uh, Damari Carroll getting ankle surgery today. So who knows how long he'll be out for. But I think he was someone who would probably slide in starting at the either three or stretch four for that team mm-hmm. you're not going to have. Um, I agree. I, I really like some of these pieces. They have an Allen, Dinwiddie, Levert, uh, Russell. But if ever there is a year now that you have your pick, if ever there is a year to tank, it's yeah. this year. So it's hard because you have these guys who you'd like to see them make a jump. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not sure it's not the worst thing for this team to, to tank this year and just try to get a top five pick and then add another piece because you haven't been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think that, like, if we're talking best-case, worst-case scenarios, I don't think that's the worst-case scenario for this team. Obviously, you'd like to see them be competitive after all they've gone through, but, you know, if they do, if they do happen to have another down season and they can get a pick inside the top six, like they've, you know, been slated to do the past three years and they haven't gotten that pick, yeah, may not be the worst thing for this team. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, the eight, seeing Brooklyn as the eight seed, you're certainly not the first person to, that I've seen suggest it, and I... I know it's like a popular pick. I just I can't see it. I uh yeah, the only reason I have the Nets making the playoffs is besides a core 7 teams in the East, the 8 seed just looks up for grabs, especially with Cleveland now falling off after losing some guy from Akron. Um I just think the Brooklyn Nets have the best coach of the remaining teams and just play the best brand of basketball and people forget that D'Angelo Russell at the beginning of last season, before he had some injuries, he was putting up all-star numbers. He was almost averaging a double-double. I think he can lead them to an eighth seed. I have faith in D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're taking the over on the 32 then, if you have him as Definitely taking the over. All right. Trey, what do you have? I had the under. They're just too young this year, and they should tank. I agree. I think they should tank, so I'm going to take the under, too. And if they don't, and if we see these guys make the next step, great. Maybe they'll be a fun team that can cause some trouble with some, like, you know, give these top teams in the East a game night in, maybe not night in, night out from time to time. At least more exciting than the the future is bright in Brooklyn, definitely brighter than it's been the past couple of years. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on them. I'm done talking about the Nets. Let's move on to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Interesting offseason for them, I guess. They added Miles Bridges. I'm a huge fan of Miles Bridges being from Michigan originally, following Michigan State basketball. I thought he was a steal at 12. I thought he, I was expecting him to go. I mean, obviously he came back for that year. He was going to be a lottery pick had he left his freshman year. Made some jumps um, in that sophomore year at Michigan State. He progressed his game a little more. I think he's going to make an impact right away. Also at, uh, made a trade. I added Bismack Biombo, Tony Parker. We're looking at an over-under of 
35 and a half for them. So Trey, I'll start with you. What do you like about this Hornets team or what do you, you know, what stands out as like a, maybe a red flag too? How do you, where do you stand on them? Yeah, you mentioned it already with uh, the addition of uh, Bismack and uh, Bridges and, and the draft. I think that, uh, I think that while there was always talk about, you know, trying to see if they can move on from Kimba last year, mm-hmm. I think that they're, uh, they've got a pretty good core. And uh, I like Tony Parker and uh, Batum. Got the French connection. Going to help them out with the culture down there. I'm, you talked about uh, Miles Bridges, but I'm more interested in how, to see how Malik Monk progresses in his second season. What we saw from him when he was at Kentucky was an electric player who could shoot the lights out, and he was t- a disappointment, to say the least, last season yeah. in Charlotte. And I think he's definitely a key to um, how well they're going to do this season. I took the over, a slight over. I still don't have them making the playoffs. I think they're one of the most boring teams in basketball. They, I, there's just, I, they just don't draw me to a television set. I just... There's no player on that team besides Kemba Walker that... And maybe Bridges can help fix that as well with yeah, his, his jumping out the gym. They just, they've just they just gotten themselves in kind of a tricky cap situation. They're pay, like Biombo's getting paid an absurd amount, Marvin Williams, Nicholas Batum, a ton of these guys getting paid the amount a player who's better would get. So I, I don't see them making the playoffs. I see them being in that... Uh, the land of nowhere, not having a good draft pick and not making the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, they're really going to find themselves, I think, at a crossroad this year. They obviously have the new head coach coming in, but I mean, I think if you start the season out and you don't look like you're in that position to get the seven or eight seed, I think you've got to look at, you know, what you could get for trading a guy like Batum and Kemba, and you may have to trade him for 50 cents on the dollar, but at least just kind of freeing up some of that cap yeah. space, you would say, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see a player like Kemba uh, or Batum get moved at the deadline. Um, hopefully, you wouldn't have to package it with a young, promising player yeah. to get the deal done. Cleveland was interested in the, uh, Kemba last year at mm-hmm. the trade deadline, so we'll see what value Kemba has. I think it would be a smart move for the franchise to move on from Kemba, as hard as it might be for some Charlotte Hornets fans. He's the leading scorer in franchise history, but I think it's time to move on, time to re- reload, refresh. Yeah, Kemba, definitely a guy I think that you could see helping out as a role player on a contender, but definitely not the player that you could see as you know, carrying a team, even in the Eastern Conference. He's just not at that caliber yet. Um, but I'm excited to see, you mentioned Monk, not didn't look great last year, but who knows, making that jump. He's still obviously really young. And Bridges is electric. I think just even watching some of their preseason highlights, take preseason basketball for what you will, but he, he can jump out of the gym, he can shoot. He's someone that I think, I mean, I'm not going to pick him, as a rookie of the year and in our later segment, but I think he's someone that if you're looking at like high value sleeper picks, you could take a flyer on him. And I mean, if, if, especially if they blow up the team halfway through the year and Bridges is playing and Bridges becomes the go-to guy for that team, who knows? I don't know. I'm not picking him as rookie of the year, but I think I have him as my eight seed. So I'm going to take the over at 35 and a half. Trey, what do you have? I had the under as well as Lucio. Um, I just don't think they're there yet. And I, I had think, the over. Oh, excuse me. I, I had took a slight, the, I took slight over, over, but not a I took the team. under, and I do not have them in the playoffs either. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, definitely, I mean, not the most exciting team, so we'll move on. Chicago Bulls, also not the most exciting team. I guess we're saving the best for last in, uh, with this preview. But Chicago Bulls, 
interesting offseason for them. Obviously, that they had the number seven pick, drafted Wendell Carter. Jabari Parker coming home, just took him from the Bucks, re-signed Zach Levine. You know, he signed an offer sheet with the Kings, and they matched that. I think between Parker and Levine, they're paying the two of them $40 million a year. Yeah. Trey, what do you think about just the Bulls offseason, where they stand heading into this year? It You know, it kind of caught me off guard. I couldn't tell if they were going to tank. You know, I've heard reports that they're planning on tanking again this year to see get, get a, a, a nice high draft pick. But um, you look at their team, they're extremely young. And even they're, as you mentioned, uh, overpaying Zach Levine and uh, Jabari. I think that um, I don't think expectations are high. I think that I actually like their deal with Jabari Parker. It's a, a two-year deal if – um, two-year deal, $40 million mm-hmm. over the two years. I think it's a low-risk, high-reward because they're in the stage where they have a lot of their core pieces still on rookie contracts. So they can take a flyer on a player with uh, a high ceiling like Jabari Parker, a uh, hometown boy. I like every move that they've been making. I think definitely losing Laurie Markkinen for the beginning part of the season is definitely going to hurt their win total. I, I, they're an exciting team again, but they're two or three years away from actually being relevant. I agree with that. I think that if you're just kind of looking at the rosters of each team, this could be the worst defensive team in the league, I think, um, which isn't necessarily, it's not the finished product, so it's not the worst thing, but Markinen, Carter, Parker, Levine, and Chris Dunn just isn't, I mean, teams are just going to absolutely light them up, mm-hmm. um, and which is concerning, but also if you're trying to tank, then who cares? Just let Levine develop hope that Parker reaches that ceiling that he was never quite able to reach in Milwaukee with Giannis and you know uh, Markinen looked good last year hopefully when he comes back he can keep making those strides and I like the Wendell Carter pick so yeah they're doing the right things I just don't think they're I mean yeah like you said Lucio this isn't the season so 29 and a half wins are we thinking over under I'll start with you Lucio I chose the under just because Laurie Markinen is going to be injured at the beginning of the season I think they have amazing prospects going forward. I think that they're going to be a great team in the East, actually, in three years, maybe four years, they can contend in the East. Bold take, but <laughs> I like all the players they have. Chris Dunn is a value. He's a great defender, actually. Unfortunately, the rest of the team doesn't try on defense, so it's it's rough for him. But I, I definitely think that this year is going to be good for them to get another high draft pick and then build a core to contend in the future yeah just like at the eye test i had them at the over but you know uh doing some research i do not think that they're going to uh get over 29 and a half this year yeah i don't think so either and i and the bulls kind of if i'm not mistaken i didn't really follow them that closely that last year because they weren't interesting but um i thought that did, if correct me if i'm wrong they overachieved a little in the middle of the season they kind of they got high yeah. started winning some games and they kind of played themselves out of a top five pick yeah. Um, so as long as they don't have that stretch this year, which I don't think that they're going to, even because just because I, I just don't see it with the, with the defense. I don't see them being able to just run uh, run off five wins like they did last year. I think that the, without that stretch, they would have hit their under last year. Yeah. I think they hit their under again this year. They uh, they had that stretch that put them out of the top five pick. Um, I do think they got a top five player, though, in Wendell Carter. I think he's going to be a great asset for them going forward. So if they just continue to draft – correctly they're gonna they're gonna be a good team in a couple of years definitely moving on now to the Cleveland Cavaliers not the best offseason for them I thought <laughs> obviously they lost that guy from Akron LeBron James 
other than that, though, I mean, you know, when you lose LeBron, you can't expect to just become a contender right away. But they did – they made some other moves. They obviously drafted Colin Sexton with the number eight pick, starting the – they have a guy in place now to kind of – they're starting to rebuild, at least with that, re-sign, re-sign Kevin Love. So a lot of people are saying that we may not see as drastic of a drop-off from Cleveland the la- as compared to the last time LeBron left where they became the worst team in the league for about a three-year stretch there. Trey, I'll start with you. What what are the expectations for Cleveland this year? How yeah. far of the drop off? How far of a drop off are we going to see? It's going to be they're going to be the only team that's going to experience that this year. You know, losing as everyone knows uh, LeBron, but they're in a unique situation. They're out to prove that it was not all LeBron doing all the heavy lifting, although it was to the eye to, to most people. Um, uh, and I think you know you've still got an all star caliber player in Kevin Love. He got paid. And uh, Colin Sexton was a great draft pick. I think I see them, best-case scenario, competing for the uh, 7th or 10th spot in the East, honestly. Yeah, best-case scenario for me is them finishing with the ninth spot, 10th spot in the East. I think it's a cause for concern when the Cleveland fan base is building up their hopes around a player who averaged 11 minutes last season and four points, Seti Osman and talk about him as the future, I just don't get that. That just, it makes no sense to me that a guy who averaged four points last season is the, is the hope, is the bright light for the future, is the savior post-LeBron era. I don't think this guy is that good at basketball. <laughs> I think he's, his ceiling is a role player, a decent ninth man off a of bench. Um, I think that's a cause for concern. And a lot of people talk about po- uh, Minnesota Kevin Love coming back. I just don't think we're going to see that. I-, I think the Cavaliers, again, like the Hornets, are in no man's land. I think they're going to win a decent amount of games, 30-plus, to not be not have a top-10 pick, yet not make the playoffs. So they they need to figure it out. Yeah, I think that, obviously, they re-upped Larry Nance yesterday, I think, a mm-hmm. uh, four-year deal. Yep. Um, and, you know, who knows? With Le- He's still young enough where he yeah. we didn't see it last year when LeBron is dominating that team, but maybe you lose LeBron, you give Larry Nance a bigger role, maybe he starts to make some strides. There's other guys on the roster with that, that, with that potential. Seti, I know that's what you mentioned, Cleveland fans are hoping he becomes the guy. I'm not as sold on him either. Uh, Rodney Hood is just too in and out, game in and game out. I don't trust him at all. And George Hill is on the back end of his career now, and I don't – I'm not that excited about him, but Colin Sexton's at least exciting. Kevin Love, who knows what you're going to get. If we're looking at the over-under of 29.5, or 30.5 with Cleveland, sorry, I would say probably the – I'd take the under as well. I just think that – I mean, these guys that they're hope that – I mean, Lucio mentioned it. These guys that they're putting all their hope in aren't the right guys to um, take them over 31. But what do you say, Trey? Uh, I took the over with them. I see them competing possibly – to get that uh, last spot in the playoffs, don't think they'll get it ultimately. But I took the over. I think that they've got some good, some good uh, players. Just no one to get it done. Yeah, I I took the over, a slight over. I still don't think they're going to be anywhere near playoff contention. This franchise going forward has to draft really smartly. They're not a free agent destination. It's Cleveland. There's no LeBron there anymore. Free agents aren't going to want to go to Cleveland over other big market destinations. I think, as cruel as it sounds, they have to maybe pull 
what the LA Clippers did uh, near the trade deadline and get some valuable pieces from Kevin Love if he's performing at an all-star caliber because he's not the future going forward. So I would look for ways to unload Kevin Love for maybe an asset, uh, a draft, high draft pick at the trade deadline. Yeah, not the worst strategy there. And I think if you can get a top five pick, which I don't know if they'll be able to do, but if you could get that, obviously you're putting yourself then with Sexton, that pick, and hopefully whatever you can get for a Love it's not the worst situation yeah. moving forward, but definitely not the best either. Maybe if the re- other NBA general managers are as in awe of Seti Osman as the Cleveland fan base appear to be, that maybe you could package him for an actual prospect maybe instead of a fake one. Clarkson and Nance could be promising as well, but yeah. yeah. That's good. Only takes one to bite on Osman, and then all of a sudden, yeah. who knows? Uh, moving on, Detroit Pistons. Slightly better hopes than some of these teams we've covered so far, but uh, they're also kind of one of those teams I think that's in no man's land. Lucio, where do you stand on what the Pistons did this offseason and you know where they are heading into this year? I, I, I'm so confused about the Detroit Pistons. Going all in last year, trading a first-round pick for uh, Blake Griffin and then just not even making the playoffs, which is pretty pathetic to say the least. I definitely want to see more from Luke Kennard and Stanley Johnson. This is a player that I was in awe of, Stanley Johnson, at Arizona. Even his first playoff series guarding LeBron, he looked promising. Mm -hmm. And then from there on out, he still doesn't know how to shoot a basketball. They definitely need their young prospects to play better. And I, they, they need to unleash point guard Blake Griffin. They need to just go all in on Blake Griffin, just pick and rolls with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond could be crazy for the rest of the league. They have to do something new. They have to do something revolutionary for this team to even make the playoffs. Best case scenario for me is a six seed and then a first-round exit for them. Yeah, um, you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. I definitely do not think that uh, Luke Kennard and uh, Stanley Johnson have been performing up to their potential, what they should have been doing the past uh, two years. And I think that, you know, I, I just don't have faith that they're going to change it anytime soon. Uh, I did like the um, Dwayne Casey hire, though, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I have them as the eight seed right now, and I, I also first-round exit. I mean, if you're, looking, if you're looking for player development, I think Casey's your guy with that. He did a great job with that in Toronto. I mean, it's just the, I hated that trade, too, Lucio, last year. I mean, and it, it, a lot of it felt like Stan Van Gundy's last stand, you know, just trying to do anything possible to get a playoff berth, mix it up before he got fired. But, uh, I mean, you, yeah, you gave away some not only your pick, but some great pieces in Tobias Harris. And um, I think Avery Bradley was on an expiring. But still, I mean, you just – it was just not, not the right move. And now you're counting on Blake Griffin to stay healthy throughout a full season, which he's just proven he's not able to do. I think Andre Drummond is – He's obviously excellent at what he does, and that role is kind of shifting in the NBA. Not as important anymore, but he's certainly going to get his 15 rebounds a game, be one of the, you know, the defensive anchors, um, one of the best defensive anchors in the middle that the league has. But I don't know if that's enough to, uh, to you know, to even, to, even to slide into the playoffs. I, I've got the under on uh, 38 wins for the Pistons. I have, I have the under as well. I think the key for the Pistons to make the playoffs all resides on the shoulders of Luke Kennard. The guy drafted one slot before Donovan Mitchell. Unfortunately, he might go down as the guy who was drafted right before Donovan Mitchell. But at Duke, you saw his ability to create his own shot. So hopefully that's there for them in Detroit. 
uh, if he plays up to what he can, if he plays up to his potential, I could see them making the playoffs. <coughs> Once again, I don't see them beating any of the top teams in the East, so no man's land again it is for Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I took the over with them with the final seed, uh, final seed, the eighth seed in the East, um, but I'm really uncertain about that as well. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, another one of those teams in no man's land. Moving on, though, a little more exciting here. Indiana Pacers, finally, we have a, con- a team that wants to contend, a team that did well last year, won 48 games, got the three seed, took Cleveland to seven games, uh, and, you know, just showed some a lot of potential, a decent offseason for them. Trey, where do you stand on the Pacers right now? Yeah, um, I absolutely... Love what they did back when they got Oladipo, you know. I felt that he was, you know, uh, there's always the debate about whether Russell Westbrook actually makes his uh, teammates better with his high usage. But um, I think that they're on the upside, especially coming after last year and how motivated uh, they're going to be to come that close to eliminating uh, the Cavs in seven and uh, arguably kind of got robbed. I don't remember that goaltending <laughs> call as well. But oh, yeah. um, I, I, I'm excited about where they stand, and uh, I, I have big expectations for them this year. It's interesting you brought up Russell Westbrook and his impact on players because from the eye test, you can definitely make the assumption that, wow, Russell Westbrook was holding this guy back. But watching how Oladipo plays, it's hard not to see that he got a lot of his offensive skills from playing next to Westbrook that whole season. Oladipo's a stud. He's an all-star, and he's an all-NBA caliber player. I think the key for them is what they get from Sabonis this season. I think now in the modern NBA, it's hard to have Miles Turner playing the five in crunch time at all times, and I think they're going to have to lean more heavily on Sabonis at the five. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think the Indiana Pacers are up there I just think they're a tier below the other four top-heavy teams in the East. And an interesting, uh, some interesting free agent decisions with them, you know, betting on Tyreek Evans. Doug McDermott, they just really wanted some shooting, I think, mm-hmm. to pair with Oladipo. And, uh, you know, Evans looked good in, for stretches last year. I don't know how much you can expect for him, um, especially, you know, when you're playing, if you're, if you're looking for him to come off the bench and kind of provide some spark when Oladipo's out, great, but... For what they're paying him, I think they're they're counting on him to um, at least, you know, be a decent role player and maybe contribute in crunch time with, for this team. I don't know where I stand on Tyreek Evans. I actually am I'm higher on Miles Turner than most people. Yeah. But I think this is a, I think this is a solid team. Where do you stand on what they did um, with adding Evans and McDermott in free agency, Lucio? I really like adding Evans. He was he was he was really good in Memphis last year and he was about a Memphis was about to take a first-round pick from Danny Ainge and the Celtics at the trade deadline last year, actually, for Tyreek Evans. I think exactly what Indiana lacked last year, which was having scoring off the bench in those stretches in the playoffs when Oladipo had to rest, they exactly they got exactly what they needed. They, plugged, they got Tyreek Evans to plug in for those stretches for quick scoring. That's all they need from him. If you get 15 points a night from him, that's... That's enough to help the Indiana Pacers be a legitimate contender in the East. Mm-hmm. And I'll go opposite than that. Uh, I really like the addition of uh, Dougie McBuckets and his shooting ability. And uh, I think that, that complements, um, gives an outlet for uh, Oladipo. Yeah, and I was actually wrong. One year, $12 million for Evans. So really, you know, you just take a flyer on him. If it doesn't work out, great. And yeah, if he can be that role off the bench, I think that uh, 
they can easily get their over at 47 and a half. I got, I've got an over on Indiana and I think obviously them in Milwaukee are going to battle it out for the division. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that they're going to win 50 games this year. Oh wow. 50 games. Yeah. I I'm high on the Pacers. I'm not that high. I have them. I I'm taking the under. Okay. I have them at like 46 wins. So I'll have them at like a five or six seed. I just think that block of four teams in the East Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, and 76ers are too good for the rest of the East to surpass. But I think the Pacers are right there, and I don't think they're windows right now. Give it two or three years, and they might be a top seed in the East. Uh, I also took the over, uh, Zach, with the Pacers. I think you said the top four. I While I love Giannis and what the Milwaukee has done, especially getting a new coach this year and allowing his development, I think that the Bucks and the Pacers are very similar. I agree. And as a uh, Bucks fan personally, I'm excited to see the Pacers. I hope that maybe they don't make those steps. But as an NBA fan, watching Oladipo is ridiculously fun. And if he continues to make the jump, it's great for the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Move on, though, to the Miami Heat, who did not have an over on this uh, website I shared with you guys. I think that's bec- got to be Jimmy Butler related. Just not <laughs> sure if they were going to get them. He had um, he had a 42 and a half. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing yeah. 40. Yeah. I'm seeing some 43 and a half, some 41. So we'll just split the difference and go with your 42 and a half. Obviously, last year, 44 games earned the seventh seed, right? Mm-hmm. Played Philly. Um, and Eric Spolstra did a great job, I thought, with what he had. Yeah. Didn't see a whole lot of shakeup this year. We're going to see the Dwayne Wade retirement tour, which uh, hopefully goes better than the Kobe Bryant. But, Trey, where do you stand on. Uh, you know where where the Heat are at this year. Yeah, this one was a tough pick for me, obviously, because all the Jimmy Butler talk. But I have them going back uh, as a seven seed to the playoffs this year. I think they brought back you know the core uh, guys what they had last year, and I you know they went on stretches every now and then. They were a very streaky team, um, but I see them hitting their stride and hitting uh, number seven again this year. I think they're gonna hit seven again this year. I'm counting on them trading for Jimmy Butler. I, I really do think they're going to pull the trigger on that. Hopefully they don't have to give up too much. Hopefully, ideally, they can get rid of Hassan Whiteside, actually. What's interesting is about the Heat is that the stretches last year where they were their best is when they were sitting their most expensive player, Hassan Whiteside, mm-hmm. when you had Bam Adebayo at the five, or even Kelly Olynyk, who was pretty good in the playoffs yeah. for them. They have a really interesting team, and if you add Jimmy Butler to that, who knows? You know, he's he's a top fifteen player in the NBA, and he can maybe elevate them above my block of four in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, I think if you add Jimmy, I, I have them going higher into the next year personally. But so, yeah. who would you give up? What's the most you'd be willing to give up for Jimmy Butler if you were the Heat? Uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I had to sit down and dive into that, but I just where they the people that they brought back, I think that they're very similar as to what they were last year right now. I think you got to give up. You got to put Josh Richardson on the table. Obviously, he's like yeah. the player that I keep seeing come up. I don't know if you're going to be able to get Whiteside without giving up a future first, and you give up that future first with the risk that Jimmy may not resign there. Yeah. Um, but I think that I mean this is a team with a lot of like good role players. Like Justice Winslow is a good defender. He's someone yeah. that you know I don't see him as being the guy on a team, but I think he can definitely help out. Tyler Johnson. Uh, Bomb out of bio, Kelly Olynyk, like they're great, but th- them together, they need that go-to scorer, that guy. And I mean, D Wade kind of took over in crunch time last year in some of these games. Yeah. He won that Philly game. Yeah, that was um, crazy. I remember that. And you know, 
he looked like a completely different player than what we saw in Cleveland. So that's great that D Wade is having that resurgence, but you got to be able to look long term and try to find a star to bring in that can make all those role players better without having to put too much pressure on them. I think if ever there is, if there's any guy to do it though, it's got to be Pat Riley. He's been super aggressive in the past. Miami's obviously a good location. I mean, it's a great location for free agents and players want to play there. They want to play for a winning culture, which they have with Spolstra and Riley. It's an interesting team. I just don't know. I don't see them doing any better than they did last year. Um, but I think if you're looking at 42 and a half, what, what do you say, Trey? Uh, yeah, I had the over just slightly. I don't think that they're going to be much different than last year. I'm confident taking the over. I actually, I think they're a really interesting team. I just think they definitely have to pull a trigger on a player like Jimmy Butler. And if they can unload a contract like Hassan Whiteside, who's getting paid almost $26 million a year, or Tyler Johnson, who's getting paid $19 million a year to do basically nothing, I would, I would risk a first-round pick um, just to sweeten the deal, just to get Jimmy Butler and unload a bad contract. Because going into the future, Miami is a free agent destination. They almost got Gordon Hayward last offseason. I think now's the time to go all in on Jimmy Butler. The East has never been this open since uh, LeBron. Yeah, it's never been this open. So mm-hmm. now's the time if you're a team in the East. Yeah, I got a slight over two. Not by a lot. If we're looking at 42 and a half, like just getting over 43, 44 wins. But I think that just because there's not a whole lot of competition in the East, that uh, you can see Spolstra just win some of these games just by, you know, good coaching. Yeah. And if they do add that, if they do add Butler, which I'm not as sold on, I don't think that that deal is as close to done as people are saying. Mm-hmm. I think that the Wolves might just risk it and try to hang on to him. Yeah. Who knows once we get closer um, and, you know, what teams are going to put on the table after that. But um, even if they don't get Butler, I think they can still reach 43 wins. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see Butler pulling a Kawhi, you know. I think he's pretty true to himself and he's going to – He's going to play. He said he'll, he'll be booed. It doesn't matter. But I, I, th- I definitely see the T-Wolves also. You know, I don't think that deal's as close to done as people think it is. I could see them holding on to him as well. Yeah, I mean, Tibbs has to make a stand there. This yeah. isn't the, we'll get into it. This isn't the Western Conference pod, yeah. but yeah. this is last year. And, uh, I mean, if he doesn't if, – if this is probably his last year, he's probably going to get fired after this just based on, you know, what's happening with this team and where the league's headed. Um, and it just doesn't feel like he's going to make it out of this year. But yeah. if he is trying to, you know, make a la- last play for his job, trading one of the top 15 players in the league isn't a good starting point. Nope. Yeah. Moving on to my team, the Milwaukee Bucks, 48 wins, fun offseason for them, a lot of hype surrounding this team, um, just with, you know, getting rid of Jason Kidd midseason and getting rid of Joe Prunty, uh, who is their interim coach, got to be the one of the worst coaches in the league from what we saw in that Boston series. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the story obviously starts and ends with Giannis. He's an MVP, one of the front runners this year. People just keep it. He's gotten better and better each year. They keep expecting him to get better. I'll start with you, Lucio. Obviously, you're someone who's watched the Bucks last year in that, in that series being a Celtics fan. Yeah. Where do you see them? You know, where, do they, where do they stand this year? How, uh, where do you stand on the Bucks? What, what's crazy to me is that coaching alone was what was the difference maker in that first-round series. And if the Bucks won that series, we'd be talking about this year of the NBA completely differently. We wouldn't be talking about the Celtics as the favorites to come out of the East. We'd be talking about the Bucks as the future. I'm really high on the Milwaukee Bucks just from a talent standpoint alone. I always think that once you have talent, you can just figure the rest out. And Mike Budenholzer is one of the top coaches in the league, without a doubt. 
He's going to have the Bucks playing at a higher pace, have them shooting more three-pointers. I, I, I like the Milwaukee Bucks. I think, I think they're stealing their best-case scenario is actually to finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference. I'm that high on them. When it comes to the playoffs, I don't think they have enough to make it to the finals. But best-case scenario for them is Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I think injury, you know, aided by injuries, I think that they could possibly sneak up into the top one or two as seeds. They sit at number three for me. Uh, but as you already said, there's nothing but positive things to say about what they did this offseason. Yeah. yeah, I think if you look at it, I mean, a lot of these guys, It's when you bring in a new coach, you have some of these younger guys who maybe didn't get to – shine under uh, Kid and Prunty, who all of a sudden you could see with a good offseason, you know, depending on what they do, having a bigger role. I was a big Thon Maker fan when they drafted him. He hasn't lived up to his expectations. He had two games last year against the Celtics in that series where he was just a force on defense. Yeah. So, And he can shoot threes, so I'm he's someone that I'm looking, you know, hoping he can make a jump, especially when you're playing fast, you're shooting more threes with uh, Budenholzer. I think that, you know, he's someone that maybe they can step up. They also aren't going to have to play – John Henson as much, and they waved Tyler Zeller, which, as a Bucks fan, I'm very excited about. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brooke Lopez was a steal. He's on like a one-year, three-and-a-half-million-dollar deal uh, ballpark, and I really love that signing. I thought the Lakers should have held on to him. Yeah. But just, um, you know, so he's going to be able to help them stretch the full floor a lot and also just not have to play some guys who shouldn't be NBA starting centers. And Chris Middleton's a guy where, I mean, I, I'm really high on Middleton. I think he's a great compliment to Giannis great shooter he's still young um, there is that rumor that the T-Wolves offered Butler for Middleton and the Bucks said no just because I mean maybe that was a Butler meshing with Giannis or you know Butler has more wear and tear than Middleton but I think that shows the confidence they have in Middleton as the number two guy uh, behind Giannis so I'm really excited for him Eric Bledsoe I'm not uh, yeah not super high on what we saw last year in the playoffs but I think if you're looking at 48 wins Lucia where do, where do you uh you know, see this Bucks season going? I, I'm going to go with the over. I think they have the potential to have be a 50-plus win team. Um, <coughs> I think last season, many of their issues came from distributing minutes. I think they didn't give uh, they didn't give Thon Maker enough time. You saw that he was, an, he was actually a difference maker in, in the games in Milwaukee in that series. Getting trained by Kevin Garnett, he kind of looks like a poor man's Kevin Garnett on the court out there. He blocked everything in sight. Also, Malcolm Brogdon, Rookie of the Year. How are they not going to play him in crunch time in the series against the Celtics, one of the best defenders on that team? I think if you put out the right starting lineup, which I have faith that Mike Budenholzer will do, I, I think they can contend with any team in the East. They have that amount of talent because Giannis is a generational talent, probably the best player in the Eastern Conference. He alone can win games. Yeah, I am sitting in the third seed for me. Uh, took the over. I think they're going to get a 50-win season this year. Nothing but uh, positive things to say. Yeah, I also have the over, and I have the Pacers winning 50 games, and I also think that the Bucks will go over 50. And I mean, that will be a really interesting battle for the uh, division title. But I, I think the Bucks can sneak into the three seed if everything goes right under Coach Bud, and I think that – Giannis is obviously going to be in the discussion for MVP, and uh, we'll, we can get more into that later, but I've got the over on 48 as well. Uh, drop off here, but the New York Knicks, we don't have to spend a ton of time on them. Obviously, Kristaps Porzingis is hurt, is hurt. Kevin Knox has looked good. 
they should be tanking. I, from what everything I've heard, they are tanking with David Fisdale as their new coach. Uh, 29 and a half wins. Trey, where do you stand uh, on this Knicks uh, team? What do you think is the best case scenario for them? Yeah, I think the best case scenario for them is not finishing in the um, in the bottom three in the East. Uh, I think they could possibly get outside of there. Uh, I like their pick in Knox. I think he's uh, he was definitely the right fit for them and who was available at the time. Uh, but I I I reading the reports, it sounds like they're going to be tanking. So I don't know how much. Uh, how much stock I'm going to put on them trying this year. But yeah. I think I think this season the Knicks are kind of just throwing in the trash already. I think they're just looking for the development of some of their players like Nikilatina and Knox. I think they're just gearing up for this upcoming free agency to see if they can snag Kyrie. All the reports now are saying that Kyrie's likely to stay in Boston, but reports of Kevin Durant, maybe a player like Jimmy Butler, I think that's what the Knicks have to focus on. And it all starts with developing their young players like the Lakers did to attract LeBron. Mm-hmm. Being in a big city like New York, it should be easy to attract big free agents. So it all boils down to how their young players progress. Yeah, Knicks obviously aren't a very uh, exciting team. We're not going to spend a lot of time on them. And speaking of not very exciting teams, the Orlando Magic, just another offseason that they got another big man in Mo Bamba with the sixth pick. They got rid of Bismack Biombo. Great. They, uh, you know, just doesn't. There's not a lot to be excited about on this roster, even though they've had the five pick or higher. It feels like the last ten years. Mm-hmm. I know that's not true, but uh, we we're looking at an over under with the magic of thirty one wins. I'm just not excited at all about this team. Trey, is there anything to be excited about, or is this just going to be another year for the Magic? Yeah, uh, being from Texas, I'm a big Mo Bamba fan, especially when the song came out. But, uh, no, uh, I love Mo. I think that's what they're going to be excited about this year at, you know, just season uh, when it starts to when it finishes. Um, And they need to focus on next year's draft already. I think it's definitely, as an Orlando Magic fan, there hasn't been a lot to be excited about since Dwight Howard left. But this season, I think there's a lot to be excited about with Mo Bamba and um, remind me, who's the other long guy from Florida State? Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. The two of them mm-hmm. in the front court probably have the longest combined wingspan in NBA history. It's <laughs> absurd. There's definitely a lot to be excited about. I think tanking is definitely the move, the right decision for this season. At some point, they're going to have to draft a good player in the backcourt instead of just continuing (laughs) to draft long guys. Uh, There comes a point when you do need a point guard, and I think if they retool this offseason, maybe snag a good point guard guard in the draft, then going forward, they'll be a good team. Yeah, and you know, they re-upped on Aaron Gordon, which, I mean... Aaron Gordon's a great player, and I kind of feel bad that he's in that situation because he's just not a three, and they've been playing him in that small forward position just because that's what they've had to do with guys like you know, Nikola Vucevic, and now you have add Mo Bamba to that equation. Gordon just isn't going to be able to play in the front court a lot, and that's really where I think he could excel is like one of those stretch four types. He's gotten better at shooting, but he's just yeah. not a three, and he has to play there just because he's one of the top five players, but they just keep adding as much talent as possible. I guess it's the right – I mean – I wish I would. I would as an NBA fan. I wanted to see Gordon go somewhere else. I get why the Magic did it. Um, Lucio, where do you stand on this on uh, Magic over under thirty one wins? Um, I had them at the over actually, 
I had them in the mid-30s with win total just because completely banking on Aaron Gordon's talent. I do think he's a really good player, and that was a really interesting point about how he's being misused in a sense because now you have Isaac and Bamba and Vucevic crowding up the front court, so he can't really excel. So at some point in the future, they're going to have to let loose with one of those players and hopefully get a good guard um, back. Yeah, I think that they, uh, you know, could make a move midway through the season. But I took the uh, under with them. I don't see them getting 30 wins this year. Uh, but, yeah, they need a guard. Yeah, I agree. I have the under as well on 31 wins. Not that excited to uh, watch the Magic, and I'm certainly done talking about them, especially because these next couple of teams are a lot more interesting. Philadelphia 76ers, 53.5 wins, obviously 52 wins last year. A great second half to the, of the season. Their best, um, I mean, the best thing that happened in this offseason was certainly LeBron James leaving and opening the door with all that young talent they have. But, Trey, I'll start with you. What is, uh, is the best-case scenario for the Sixers team? Is it Eastern Conference Finals or bust for them, even Eastern Conference title? Yeah, um, I think that that's what Philly is expecting, personally. Uh, I don't see that, honestly, just because I don't think Toronto's done uh, yet, but I don't think that the Sixers are uh, are going to be as good as they were last year. I really don't, uh, and that's weird, you know, bringing a player like Fultz, you know, into the lineup. But I think that uh, you know, I, I I don't know if Embiid will uh, stay healthy. I've just got a weird feeling about that. Honestly, I personally do. I know he's injury prone already, just being as big as he is. But uh, I think that losing Bellinelli. Shooting wise is uh, and, I think and Ilyasova. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Exactly, I think that that could come by to hurt them if aided with another injury, and I don't see them being as good. I'm I'm really confident taking the under on the 76ers this year. You saw it in the playoffs, even that they just can't shoot the ball, and that's the most important skill set to have today in the NBA. When you're starting shoot ga- shoot uh, point guard. Your star player, Kenny, isn't even comfortable shooting the ball from the free throw line. That's an issue. Uh, they definitely need a player like J.J. Redick on that team, mm-hmm. and he's the only player like that on the team anymore. They definitely need to find a way to shoot the ball better. A lot of their hype from last season came from a run they made at the end of the season, a 16-game win streak at the end of last season, where most of those games were against the Nets, the Hornets, the Knicks. All this hype got built up. I think the media did them uh, an injustice by hyping them up and calling them a potential team to beat LeBron. They're not ready for that yet. They, they're too young. Fultz still can't shoot the ball. Ben Simmons still can't shoot the ball. Joel Embiid has still not played a full season. This isn't the year for them. I think they're the fourth best team in the East. I think they're behind Toronto, Milwaukee, and obviously Boston. Best case scenario for me is making the Eastern Conference Finals. I expect them to lose in the second round, though. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I think that the win streak was, I mean, really fun to see Philly finally not suck for a year and yeah. just come out, come out of nowhere. And Simmons and Embiid are certainly going to have going to be a force in the East for years to come. But I'm not sure this is the year, and it scares me playing Fultz with Simmons in the starting lineup, as you mentioned. In terms of, there was all this talk about what they were going to do in the off season. You know, they had that pick to use as an asset. They had cap space and you know could they sign Paul George could they sign even LeBron they ended up getting Wilson Chandler which yeah. Wilson Chandler's fine but he's not going to you know turn the needle um or move the needle for them the moving you know getting Zaire Smith 
I get it. Like that, that Miami pick could be valuable in 2021. I think it was. That's why they, you know, you saw them part ways with uh, Bridges, Michael Bridges. But I think that, I mean, I think Lucio, you hit the nail on the head. Shooting's a concern with this team, and you just Redick is the only player that can space the floor. Embiid helps, but you also would want him down low. I don't know what to think of this team. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the over just because of the rest of the talent in the East. They, they, it's LeBron leaving, like I said, helps them, but there's definitely red flags. And so uh, I'll start with you, Lucio, since, I mean, all offseason it felt like people were saying Boston, Philly, 1-2. They're going to yeah. be the 1-2 for years. Do you have the under here with 53.5? Yeah, I'm so confident taking the under. I have Philadelphia in the low 50s for wins, maybe high 40s. This was the off season for Philadelphia to make that next step, either to pull pull trigger on a trade with San Antonio to get Kawhi Leonard for players like Fultz and uh, Saric, or to sign Paul George, which would have been huge for that team. He would have filled the need that they would have filled the shooting need basically. But they struck out on all accounts. Even signed talks about signing LeBron. They're in a they're in a tough situation because now they have to look forward to. Maxing out Simmons, Payne's faults. This was a year for them to do something, and they didn't take that next step. So, uh, it was a bad off season for Philadelphia, and I don't think it's going to be as exciting of a season for them. I have the under. Yeah, I'm also right there with you. I'm number four seed, also taking the under in the East uh, with the Sixers. I don't know. It's just the question: Is the process complete yet or not? And uh, I think, as Lucio mentioned, it's the, it was time to make for them to make the next step and uh, really cement that the process okay had come together. But I think that they're right where they were last year, mm-hmm. if not worse. I agree with you guys. There's a lot of red flags. I'm actually going to do a 180 though and take the over, just because I was taking the under on a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Um, first teams that we mentioned, and the win's got to come somewhere. I don't think that this Philly team is complete at all, but I think that they're going to get over 53.5 just by a virtue of the fact that the rest of the East and the rest of their division, Boston aside, isn't very good. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't necessarily matter that they're not a complete team. They didn't have the best offseason just because that they're still just seeing some of these younger guys get better. It's going to help, and I think when you have Embiid and Simmons, two of the best four or five players in the conference that's going to get you there but I certainly I'm I, I agree with what you guys are saying and if they did um you know reach that under and we're only in the high 40s I wouldn't be surprised either moving on Toronto Raptors I mean this is a huge season for the Raptors 59 wins last year their win over under is 55 and a half just a lot of question marks for this team though about like what what are we going to see from Kawhi Leonard coming back and Trey being from Texas I'll start with you I don't know how familiar you were your Mavs fan, but with what we saw from Kawhi in San Antonio, what do you think we're going to see from Kawhi, and how is that going to, you know, impact the Raptors' season this year? Um, I think we're going to see Kawhi at possibly his best. I think he's motivated. I really do. You know, there's still questions about his physical ability just because we have nothing to gauge it off of last year. But I think that he's going to come out like a madman, even though that's hard to say with his personality and the way he plays. But I think that... um, Toronto gets the second seed in the East this year, uh, just behind Boston narrowly. But I think that um, they're not where they were last year, but a more complete team. And, you know, it's funny saying that they had the best bench last year. But um, I think that the additions of um, 
of both what Danny Green and uh, Leonard in that trade were the right plays to make given his situation of, you know, where especially with Paul George and what he decided to stay in uh, OKC. I don't agree with firing Dwayne Casey, but we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about the Raptors is that they've always been a team that I would make fun of as a team that was in a bad situation because they'd always make the playoffs and then LeBron would just come in and sweep them. And they did exactly what they had to do to take the next step, and that's trading an all-NBA player who had his career seasoned in DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. And I think people forget the last time Kawhi Leonard was playing significant minutes in the Western Conference Finals two years ago, he was the best player on that court, and he had his spurs up by like 20 in Golden State. His potential his ceiling is the second best player in the league. He can he at times he is better than Kevin Durant. That's how good this guy is. So I think Toronto Raptors are right up there with the Celtics. I think they're going to be playing each other late May in the conference finals and it could go either way. I could see either team making it to the finals. Yeah, I mean, he was getting MVP votes in that 2016 season over Russell Westbrook over James Harden. I think if that's the version you get, you got to say that Kawhi is the best player in the East, even over Giannis, even over Kyrie or Joel Embiid. I think that when if we get peak Kawhi, that's that's the scariest team in the East. I think even ahead of Boston, just because of what they're able to do defensively, the scoring options they have when you pair them with Kyle Lowry, and um, they, I mean they have a lot of young pieces that are exciting. I, um, OG and Anobi, yeah, from Indiana. Obviously, last year he was coming off of a a huge injury and I think this year you can continue to see him make those steps and I think it was big that they didn't have to package him into that deal with San Antonio because he's a great asset and uh yeah I mean there's definitely a lot to be excited about with uh with this team and just a new change of uh change of pace with them I agree uh firing Casey not the best decision they probably didn't know what was uh I mean, they, like, they maybe they thought that was going to be their big change at the time. They didn't know Kawhi was going to become on the table. But if we're looking at uh, over-unders, Trey, where, where do you stand on Raptors' 55-and-a-half wins? I'm going to take a slide over. Um, I like what they did this year. But, yeah. I would take the over. I wouldn't be surprised if the Toronto Raptors finished with the best regular season record in basketball. Kawhi Leonard is just that good. And I think a lot of people forget how good Kawhi Leonard can be. Like like you said, Zach, he could Pete Kawhi is the best player in the Eastern Conference, if not the second best player in all of the league. So I think the Raptors definitely have that potential and it all comes down to how can OG Ananobi progress, um, how good can Kyle Lowry be come postseason. So I, I like the Raptors for this season. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over two. I think they get the two seed in the East. I still think Boston can flirt with sixty wins and they'll probably get the one seed but I think if you're looking at um, a playoff series between Boston and Toronto just because they don't have home court it's definitely uh, depending on what you get from Kawhi game in and game out and obviously there's a lot of variables with Boston Um, if Kyrie can stay healthy and what you get from Hayward that's going to be a just an incredible series if it comes down to those teams yeah I'm really excited to to watch the Raptors this year and uh, hope that we get Pete Kawhi just because it's so he's so much fun to watch he's he's electric to watch on on both ends he can be the best player on offense and the best player on defense and that's incredibly rare today definitely so moving on final team in the Eastern Conference the Washington Wizards just a weird year from the Wizards last year a ton of reports about you know where the team chemistry and just players not getting along John Wall is 
project that they, they've had to deal with for a couple of years now and uh you know just keeping Bradley Beal but what they do is they add Dwight Howard who has just been an absolute cancer to every team he's been on since Houston and when they made that Western Conference Finals run in 2015 even that he didn't get he wasn't getting along with the team so uh, just a team chemistry uh you throw Austin Rivers in there too it's just you're adding a lot of personalities with this team Lucy I'll start with you what what should we make of this Washington team where do they stand in terms of like with the rest of these Eastern Conference contenders? It seems like the Wizards have been the biggest underachievers in the past couple of years. When you think about it, John Wall is a top three point guard in the East. Bradley Beal is a top three shooting guard in the East. And to think they only have one playoff series win in that span is absurd. What Adding a player like Dwight Howard is interesting, and Jeff Green even, and Austin Rivers, because they're all players that you'd think have potential at times like the whole Wizards team but have been underachievers if they figure it out they can be a good team I just have doubts that they'll figure it out especially considering that it seems like most of the Wizards hate each other John Wall seems like he hates the rest of his team and I think at some point the front office has to figure out a way to retool that roster whether it is doing something that uh, Toronto did this offseason, maybe shipping John Wall over for Jimmy Butler. That could be an interesting idea. I, I think that they have the talent, but they've always had the talent, and they haven't done anything with the talent. So I don't expect them to win a playoff series this year. Yeah, um, it was interesting to see what they did this offseason. It was kind of like, how could you match the dysfunction and chaos that was happening last year and then you know just carry it on this year and they able, <laughs> were able to do it um somehow uh i think that their talent alone gets them into the east uh the playoffs but as lucio said i don't see them winning a series this year yeah i'm right there with you guys i think that sure they might get in but they're gonna drop off in the past they have you know they've still been a tier above the milwaukee's Last year, Indiana ended up passing them, but they were pretty even most of the season. I think this is the year they drop off a little bit. May not even hit. I don't know if they're – I'm going to take the under on 44.5, but I think that they slide in as maybe like a seven seed in these playoffs, but this could be the, the last time we see see this John Wall-Bradley Beal duo yeah. together. I think if a seven seed is all you're going to get this year, it's time to start making some changes and changing it up in Washington. So I got the under on 44.5. I, I took the over. I took a slide over. I do think that they have always been a team that's been dysfunctional with a ton of talent. And yes, they're adding more dysfunction, but they're also adding more talent. So I think they'll win 45, 46 games, maybe be a 7-6 seed. Once again, that's not enough to beat one of the top teams in the East. So I have them out in the first round. Also took a slide over. I think they get the 6 seed. I think the Bucks though, put the nail in the coffin as they go on a playoff run this year, though and they blow it up. All right, so that is your Eastern Conference over-unders. Uh, we'll make some quick predictions. Uh, I know you didn't get to talk a lot about the Mavs, uh, Trey, so I'll start with maybe this might be a leading question, but Rookie of the Year, this yeah. this can be your chance if you'd like to, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't know who you're going to take. Who are you going to take? Is it Luca? Yeah, you hit it, you know. I think it's the <laughs> right choice, too. Anyways, whether I was a Mavs fan or not, uh, I really like this pick. 
Uh, it's the guy who I wanted. Uh, honestly, I wanted to uh, take another contract uh, from Memphis. I, Memphis, I believe, it was Chandler Parsons. I think they were looking at shopping around to uh, dump his contract. I wanted to take the four and the fifth pick um, and kind of, you know, because I'm not ready to, uh, you know, I, I, and I don't think that we are now. I still wanted, you know, to wait two, three more years for the rebuild, get another pick, and just see how that core develops with DSJ already there you know, get Wesley Matthews off the books. But definitely right pick, Luca, 19 years old, led, um, you know, MVP last year of the Euro League, And uh, I think he's going to lead our team in assists and average 16 points per game this year and, and hopefully, you know, change that culture that we are striving to do post-Dirk era. I think, obviously, Luka Doncic is a safe pick, especially as a Mavs fan with your unbiased pick there. <laughs> I think Donich and Aiden are both the top picks. I'm trying to spice it up, though, and I'm going to look where the opportunity is, and I, I'm i going to pick Kevin Knox, actually, as my Rookie of the Year candidate. That's fair. Just because without Kristaps, you have to look at how bad the Knicks are and see who's going to be scoring from that team. And oftentimes it's a scoring points per game that wins players Rookie of the Year. So I think... I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Knox was averaging 19 points a game, 18 points a game, and I think that's going to be enough to win him the Rookie of the Year. I like that pick, too. I think Luka is definitely the favorite. Luka would probably be my pick if I'm going to be different, and I like the Knox pick, too. If you're looking at points per game, he's, this isn't my pick. I'm just looking at the odds, though. Marvin Bagley is plus 1,100. Wow. I, there's a scenario where he leads all rookies in point scoring, and the Kings are just absolutely horrible because they're the Kings. I still wouldn't pick him, but I think that that you know, if you're if you're thinking that the player with the most points and the best stats could win it, Bagley I think is a decent pick. I will go. I'm gonna go even lower though on the list with an even bigger sleeper, even though he was picked higher than most of these people. I'm gonna go Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he's just one of the most complete players in terms of what he brings on defense. He's a great scorer. He can space the floor, but he's also a force down low. Um, I mean, I've got. I, I'm a Michigan State fan. Obviously, I said earlier I thought Bridges was a Miles Bridges was a sleeper pick, um, but I'm going to go Jaron Jackson as my pick for Rookie of the Year just because I think he's a complete player. It helps that his dad played in the league, and we saw that last year with Donovan Mitchell. Just sometimes having that. I mean, that's like a that's a Bill Simmons theory that uh, <laughs> he loves to drop. But so I won't I won't steal that. But uh, I think that Jackson's a complete player. What he brings on offense and defense, and I think that uh, you know being able to on a Memphis team that isn't very good. He'll be able to put up those stats, but also being helped by some of those guys like Conley and Gasol will only make him better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into MVP real quick. Hearing a lot of LeBron, hearing a lot of Giannis, some Kawhi rumors, even Anthony Davis. Is it any of those guys or are we missing someone? I'll start with you, Lucio. Not to, not to sound like a homer, but I think it'd be doing injustice to not mention Kyrie Irving as a potential MVP candidate. Just because you always look at the best player on the best team as a potential MVP winner, not to draw comparison to the MLB, but likely AL MVP Mookie Betts. We all know he's not the best player in the AL. That's Mike Trout, but he's the best player on the best team in the AL. And I like to think that if the Celtics do eclipse 60 wins Mm -hmm. and Kyrie puts up numbers like he did last year when he almost joined the the 50-45-90 club, which... It's rare, very rare for players to join that club. I think if Kyrie Irving continues to play like that and the Celtics continue to roll as many people project them to, I think it'd be hard not to get give MVP votes to Kyrie Irving. 
Mm, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I just think um, I think there's too many mouths to feed. You look at when Curry won back-to-back MVPs, they still only had, what, three All-Stars at the time, and now uh, now they've got five. And, you know, so same with your Celtics, five <laughs> potential All-Stars. Should be five All-Stars I this don't, season. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Well, Curry's definitely uh, – excuse me, uh, Irving is definitely – Consistent and will definitely be the best player on that team. I think. I don't think he gets it done. I'm also just gonna go with a safe pick, uh, LeBron. Uh, I think that his ability to get it done in the West now. I think you know the rec- the record that the Lakers are gonna have in comparison to last year and some playoff series is what's gonna set the uh, obviously the playoffs won't affect it, but I think that's what changes it. Yeah, not to sound like a broken record, but if I was a gambling man, I'd definitely put my money on LeBron. MVP race is normally about narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And LeBron going to not, to the mo- one of the most historic, the second most historic team in NBA history, uh, with a ton of young players battling against these powerhouse teams in the Western Conference, the Juggernaut Warriors. I think they're gonna give it to LeBron if he puts up the same stats that he did last year, which he most likely will. Because LeBron always has to do everything on his team. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you bring up you brought up a good point about like the win totals. Because I really wanted to take Anthony Davis here, but when yeah. you look at the Pelicans, forty five and a half zero over under. Yeah. We'll cover that on the Western Conference preview. But I mean, I just think that if this team's only winning forty five games and getting like a six or a seven seed, you're gonna have a hard time giving it to AD. And LeBron's one of those guys like a Tom Brady where year in year out there's a case to be made like LeBron could have won MVP last year people yeah. were mad he you know he didn't win it over Harden so if LeBron does what he has been doing um over the years and no one else really stands out like say Giannis and AD each only get a five seat in their respective conferences yeah. they still can be great but a lot of that does fall on you know you don't like giving it people were furious that they gave it to the uh, to Russ that one year where the yeah. where the Thunder were only a six seed so I think part of it I mean, whether you like it or not, part of it falls on team success. And I think the Lakers are going to be better than people expect. That's that's my opinion, at least. And I think if they get four-seed or higher and LeBron plays like he has these past, um, you know, however, 10 years, maybe can go even further back. But if he puts up those numbers, helps out those younger guys around him and the Lakers excel, I think you're going to have a hard time not giving it to him. So sorry to copy, uh, copy Trey there, but I'm also going to take LeBron. It's a good bet. Interesting point about Anthony Davis is that I he was one of my favorites. He's well, he's everyone's favorite to win MVP as well, but it's it would be hard not to give Anthony Davis the MVP if the Pelicans finish top 4 or top 3 mm-hmm. just because if you look at the roster around him, it's not as good as good as it was last year for in New Orleans. So, if they do finish the top 4 seed, if I had a vote, I'd give it to Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think a lot will fall. And I mean, a lot will fall with AD and Giannis about where the how the team finishes. Um when you're looking at you know who's going to win MVP, real quick, I'll just go ask for uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference predictions from you guys, and who ends up winning the finals. I'll start with you, Trey. Um, yeah, no surprises here. I'm going to go with uh, top my uh, top seed in both uh, conferences with the Golden State Warriors versus the uh, Celtics. I think it's a great series. I'm going to go uh, Warriors in six. I'm going to go Warriors on and OKC on one side. Boston, Toronto on the other side. And I'm going to have Boston over Golden State in seven. All right. I also have Boston, Golden State, not to be a broken record. I won't 
um, repeat a lot. And I have Golden State in five. I still think that Boston is a couple years away. And this might be the last year we see Golden State, you know, with that full yeah, core. Yeah. But, I mean, a, a Eastern Conference championship and taking a game off Golden State, nothing to slouch at. So. <laughs> I'd slouch at that. <laughs> Uh, moving on, our final segment, a sports voice after dark staple, the lightning round. Two first-time lightning round players, so I'll explain how it works. And in case you need a refresher listening, 10 questions, three easy, three medium, three hard. Uh, one, Wisconsin sports special. The host gets to pick each year, so I'm picking Wisconsin. It can be anything, Wisconsin Badgers basketball, Milwaukee Bucks. This is an NBA special. A lot of these, some of these have we've actually talked about, so... Hopefully, if you were paying attention while you guys were listening to one another, um, maybe you'll get points there. But uh, yeah, basically, we'll just start. Um, we always decide who goes first based on rock, paper, scissors. This being an audio podcast, it's just ironic, and that's what we've always done. So <laughs> go ahead. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. No, set, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Right, you go first. <laughs> you go first. All right. <laughs> you get to if if uh you won, you get to pick. You want to defer. No, or go take first. Go it's first. Up. All right. Start. Set the tone. We also have a steal. So after each, you only get one per round. So if he if Trey gets it wrong, Lucio say this first round, you can steal. Yeah. Some strategy on if you want to steal an easy question or you rather take a three pointer. Yeah. Save it for the four pointer. Um, we'll oh, start though. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, Trey. Start with question one. Easy question. Where did the Raptors send Demar Derozan to? Um, San Antonio's first. Got it. That's one. Question two, another easy question. You who did you <laughs> Who did the Cleveland Cavaliers draft in the first round as their next point guard? Colin Sexton. Sexton. Oh, <laughs> it's my question. No, 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 no. Colin he, Sexton. It's ten, 10 for him, then 10 for you. <laughs> oh, well, he already, he already got, got it. He got, got it. Right. He got I it. Got it. I won't. Sorry. Bad, bad job I kinda, explaining I by me. You on that one. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't <laughs> so, yeah, so you get all 10 questions first, So yeah, and then you'll get your 10. Yeah, That's I why. understood. Yeah. <laughs> All good. Two points for Trey. Third easy question. Who did the Pacers just extend with a four-year contract? Miles Turner? Yep. Got that. Three points. Three for three on the easy questions. Got to get those easy ones. ones. Question four, a medium question. Which former Sixers assistant now coaches the Hawks? Oh, yeah. I don't know it, but I know his face. Don't know the name. Sorry. Lucio, if you know it, would you like to steal for two points? No, I'm going to save my steals for later. (laughs) answer is uh, Lloyd Pierce. Okay. Lloyd yeah. Pierce. So you still have three. Your second medium question, which two former Knicks did the Pacers add this offseason? Uh, can you repeat that? Sorry. Which two former Knicks players did the Pacers add this offseason? So I'll give you partial credit. It's a two-point question. If you get one of them, I'll, I'll give go... you one. Doug McDermott and Tyreek Evans. Got Doug McDermott. It. Tyreek did not play for the Knicks. Gotcha. You want to try? You'd only be getting one if you stole it. So yeah, you no, save I'm, it. I'm I'm gonna save my steals for later. I'm saying <laughs> for a hard one. Yeah. It was uh, Kyle O'Quinn. They uh, also okay. added. I wasn't gonna get that so, anyway. So it's all good. Four points. Your final medium question: Who is the new GM of the 76ers? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, Elton Brand. Elton Brand. <laughs> so two two points there uh, with the steal, but you know what? That's good. You don't know if he's gonna get the hard question. So it is four two Trey heading into the hard set. Uh, which team tried which team traded sorry I did not write these questions I'm just reading it for the first time which team traded for the Sixers swingman Justin Anderson which team traded for this oh I'll go Memphis I don't know Memphis is not Memphis uh, you already used your yeah, steel, I already used so you can't. it is the Atlanta Hawks I so, know he came uh, from the map 
Yeah. <laughs> All good. Like, hard set. These questions are hard. Yeah, it's hard. Wow. I mean, the three pointers are tough. You got to get the easy ones, then hope you can get a steal. Maybe and the yeah. averages I would say are normally if you can get to ten, that's good. So it's nothing to be. Uh, <laughs> you get the next two. You still got some. T- yeah, you still got two three pointers and a four pointer. So. Um, Question eight, your second hard question. Which two former Blazers backup point guards are now in the Eastern Conference? So they, they both played in the backcourt for the Blazers. Now they're in the Eastern Conference. I'll go um, Shabazz Napier. That's one. Oh, yes. And um, two past. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. You can guess. I can guess. You don't get penalized. Is there like a time limit at all? Uh, I know, I, I, I know take, it's, it's lightning round. If but, you take okay, too long, okay, I'll okay. cut you off. But no, we, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Avery Bradley. No. Yeah. Uh, Pat Connaughton was the other one. Pat Connaughton. Oh, where's he at now? He's in Milwaukee. Okay. So oh. I guess I don't even know. Is he a point guard? Yeah. Whoever wrote this called him a point guard. guard. I thought he was no, more uh, of a two. Yeah, I remember watching guard. him at Notre Dame, and I actually saw, funny enough, the Bulls play the. I was in Portland like two years ago, and all that man that. did, they just kept showing Pat Connaughton on the sideline doing, doing the that. Yeah, he never got in. That's but. why Milwaukee brought him in, hopefully to space <laughs> the floor and may hopefully do that yeah, more exactly. under that three-point celebration. But uh, So that's five points now. Heading into your final hard question, who drafted Creighton guard Kyrie Thomas? Mm-hmm. Um, He's a second-round pick. Uh, we'll go, go with the Clippers. It's not the Clippers. Oh, the Detroit Pistons. Okay. So all good. Five points heading into the four point. You could get it up to nine here with the Wisconsin Sports Special. Oh, boy. The Bucks traded it for a player yesterday only to waive him simultaneously. Yeah. Can you name that player? Can I name that player? It's a player. So obviously not going to be a good player. Yeah. Um, Bucks traded. Nope. 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 Did not get ble- that Bleacher Report update. So. <laughs> uh, Jody Meeks. Okay. Oh. So, right. all good. Five points. You still have the steal on the table, so you oh, could get yeah. that up to eight, maybe nine. Who knows? Got to play some defense here, though. I know. <laughs> Lucio, your first uh, easy question. Who is the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? Mike Budenholzer. That's right. One for one. Question two. Where is embattled center Dwight Howard now a member of? He's a member of the Washington Wizards. That is correct. Two points. Actually, and you got your steal, so you're up to four now. So it's 5-4. Trey still has the lead. down your neck. Your third and final easy question, who did the Knicks draft with their first-round pick? Oh, Kevin Knox. Your your rookie of (laughs) the year prediction. That was... (laughs) There you go. 5-5. We're tied. Heading into the medium set of questions. Who is the new coach of the Detroit Pistons? Dwayne Casey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did not write the did not write the questions. You also could have taken the second set. So sorry, Trey. Um, very true. Very true. Seven points for Lucio. You're not out of it yet. You still have that steel in your back pocket. This is like I said. I did not write these, and this is not a, me- a medium question. But we'll see if you know it, Lucio. Which trainer worked with Markel Fultz this summer, seemingly improving his jump shot? Drew Hanlon. Wow. All right. I did not know that. Let's go. Seven points. <laughs> your final medium question. Which Cavs role player ended up on the Wizards? Oh, Jeff Green. I mentioned him. Yeah. Just went over, just going over the Wizards definitely helps there. Nine points. Still not out of it if you get the Wisconsin Sports Special tray. Yes. So. But you're going to have to hope Lucio strikes out on the hard questions. 
Um, all right, first hard question. This okay. Who traded for Dwight Howard and then waived him? The Nets. Yeah, that didn't seem like a hard question. Man, <laughs> I would have I would have switched that with Hamlin, and you got both of them. Yeah. So, um, like is that now? Saying. You have twelve. Yep. Wow. All right. It's over. Where did Biz? Where did Big Man Bismack Biombo end up? Oh, we just talked about this. Atlanta Hawks. It is not the Hawks. Would you like to steal, Trey? Somewhere in the East. Hold on. Um, Bismack Biombo. Wait, they got rid of Oh, him. I know who it is. God. Come on, Fred. You got this. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you don't have to um, use it. You could save it and yeah, hopefully don't, get don't, the other yeah, two. Yeah, just go ahead. It's the Hornets. It's the Charlotte right? Hornets, yeah. yeah. Gosh darn. So what are you, you're at 12 points yeah. now, Lucio, heading into your final hard question. So wow, you could get up to 19 here. That might be a record. Um, oh, actually... Getting close. All right, Drew Holiday is on the Pelicans, but can you name which two teams his brothers Justin and Aaron play for now that Aaron got drafted? Um, one of them is on the Pacers. Yes. The other one's on the Knicks. Uh, that is incorrect. Oh, the Bulls. The other one's on the Bulls. Damn it! <laughs> oh. Did you know that, Trey? I knew the Bulls. Oh. It's all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Took away the steal. Doesn't matter. I can't. <laughs> you, do, you can't win. You could at least make it look the score look prettier. Oh well. You can change it. You can give me a point for we'll see. I'll, I'll give you partial points if unless you want to use the steal on the four point Wisconsin sports special. What is the name of the Milwaukee Bucks new arena? It's four points. You gotta. You gotta. Can't be easy. Oh my god. I, they call it. They called it the Mecca. It's definitely not called the Mecca. No, nah, that's their old arena. Yeah, so it's probably some insurance company or something. I have no idea. Brew Park. I don't know. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> it is the Pfizer Forum, which is a financial services. I was close. I said, yeah, you, I close. said insurance. Either way, a resounding win. I forgot how many you had. Even was it? It's twelve to four. Twelve four. Yeah. I'll give you. We'll give you. Uh, give me five. Five no, no, at least. I, I had five. It was twelve, 12 five. Six. So we'll give you we'll six give us, for yeah. getting the. Aaron Holiday question. Exactly. Not bad. Yeah. For the uh, for the first lightning round, but thanks thanks guys. We're looking forward to a great NBA season. Great job with uh, going over the Eastern Conference here. We'll uh, we'll see you for part two of uh, the Sports Waste After Dark NBA preview.